The following program may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Metagamers Anonymous, program dedicated to tabletop role-playing games and mostly related material, presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. I'm Jess. Brad. Brad. We have a Brad <laughs> with us today. How you doing, man? Doing great. How about you? No, so far so good. It's early yet. Uh, you know, so I, I'll let you, I'll let everybody in on on the secret of the Brad here in a moment. Um, I want to thank you for joining us for episode number two hundred eighty five as we get towards the uh, end of the twenty twenty two year and um, smack into the holidays. It's been a busy, busy time. I am so grateful for all of you for showing up today because I know it's getting crazy. But last weekend, I didn't have time to record anything for some strange reason. <laughs> I drove, well, my wife did a lot of the driving. We drove 11 and a half hours each direction to go to Brad's convention in Independence, Missouri. Worth it. And Brad, totally worth it. Thank you. Totally Thank worth you. it. Thank you. Uh, we went to Midwest Game Fest last week, and that's what we're going to talk about here a little bit. So um, if you haven't figured it out, Brad is the uh, uh, director of the convention. Is that the right term? Is that the, is that the, the, yep. the, the yep. title we use? Head scapegoat. Yep. Head scapegoat. Yep, that's about right. <laughs> I'm sure you feel like it. it is. <laughs> it's a labor of love. Oh, is it ever? Wow. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of laboring. A lot of laboring. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yours is a little bigger than um, <laughs> yours is a little bigger than mine. Uh, your convention pulls in a slightly larger crowd. And uh, is um, well a lot larger crowd this year. Boy, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, yeah, we had um, I think officially eight hundred forty six, but we had probably eight fifty or eight sixty people who didn't get badges. Right, and mm-hmm. we're just coming in to look at exhibitors, and so it's not really clear, but officially eight forty six, and that, awesome. that's a that's a record for us. It's nice, yeah. and I mean, it started pretty heavy on Thursday, which was also surprising mm-hmm. because because yeah. uh, you guys it's a four day con Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, as, you know, as vendors and whatnot, where we show up on Wednesday night, in, in our case, late on Wednesday night, and uh, crash and then get up the next morning and try to put a booth together in record time, you know, which wasn't actually that bad. You gave us, you get, I mean, we, we have the Assam Tees booth at Midwest every, every, I say every year. We have obviously done it a couple of years. It's, it's like a staple. Uh, I, I think so yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough people are like, oh my God, so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonica had a great time. I mean, she's Good. she really and and we love reconnecting with people that have you know purchased from us before and spent time with us before and, and love the tea and that culture is something that's been really interesting to kind of engage in the game space and you know communicate with those people and it's it's, it's fun and uh, we even did some uh, so as a vendor it's uh, no secret I think for the most part that a lot of your sales always come from other vendors mm, yeah. in any event, you know, you are in a shared space where you are somebody selling something and everybody around you is something selling something. And so you're in the same mindset and, and you're all there all, the whole time, you know? Right. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, where our booth is set up at your event, we're out in the front hall before you even enter the vendor space. So right. we're not right there with everyone, which I was hoping made it a little easier not to spend hundreds of dollars. I was wrong, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Tis the season, my friends. Tis the season. To buy stuff for ourselves. (laughs) 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 There were some gifts. There were some gifts purchased. 
but there was a lot of buying for ourselves. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and my wife does a lot of buying. Yeah, well, she does it when, at our convention too. I mean, I guess she's still a vendor at our convention, but yeah, you know, she's she's just she. Her philosophy has always been at our con, of course. You know, we we spread that money around. You know, hit the vendors, show that we're supporting them. That mm-hmm. you know, we love them being there. And uh, she always buys from six or seven different people. Well, you guys had a lot of great selection and so the, a lot of stuff a lot yeah. of it's very expensive <laughs> and you can, some of it some of it you can't get it just just get it <laughs> online or something you know uh so i even had one uh one uh guy who came to me and said you know what i want a lot of tea as a gift uh, gift gifts for a couple of people um so here's here about how much i want to spend I will trade you for merch from mm. our booth. Ooh. And so I went in and got like a couple of nice sets of dice and some cool tchotchkes and, you know, just mm-hmm. traded him a bunch of tea. It was fantastic. I ended up spending money on top of that at his booth. So I feel like I got the raw end of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> but what can you do? But, yeah. I like uh, talking to him a lot. Uh, it was the guy Mythica. Mythica Games. And, uh, just, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, great. Yeah, oh, yeah. They were super nice. They were cool. Uh, and he, he came over a couple times and, and talked to us and uh, we just had a good time. Everybody there, it was so nice to see. I mean, some of the vendors are people that we've seen at Sadamicon. You know, there were, there were several that we see every year. And that's that's amazing, of course, the chance to spend time with them, hang out with them a little bit because we can't do that at our convention anyway. Right. Uh, spend money with them, which apparently we can do at our convention. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, kind of and, and engage some of the people that we don't we, we haven't seen since last time we were in Midwest. You know? Yeah. And when you're when you're not running you know the con. <laughs> right you actually have time <laughs> to you know works. talk had, to people and I had visit. time to game too yeah which yeah. i love and i know that's one of the reasons uh, that uh one of the excuses that you used to bring me in which i appreciate it you know <laughs> you know lure me across state to to run games i can't say that's just a horrible horrible thing uh <laughs> You get to play some games too, though. Too, it's, you got a you got a lot of yeah. stuff helping you out. Yeah, yeah. Part part of my original um, kind of arrangement was that you know I'll keep doing this as long as I actually get to you know play games, play games. and enjoy the con. Uh, I used you know? I used to play every slot right before I was you know helping oh, the con sure. and running it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was fantastic. And then the first year I was director. It, I tried that. I was like, we'll see if this works. And I kept getting pulled out, and there was always something going on. And some kind of stuff, chaos. And so over time, um, there was really just a couple of games, you know, that, that I try to run. And really, it's more running than, than playing. Right. So I feel, like, I feel like I've done this wrong. Um, <laughs> well, that explains. <laughs> you're obviously somebody who can do that, too. Because I, I, you, know, you come down to Tsunami Con, and you'll run, like, every slot oh, you know, yeah. when, you, yeah. when you can be there. You know, I've seen you do it. You come in, it's like, so Brad's come to town running Shadowrun all weekend. Just, he's, I'll, I'll give him that table and he won't move. Yeah, yeah I, get a, I get a big kick out of it. I, I like it a lot, obviously. Apparently. Yeah. Well, you know, how you know, how many opportunities, right? You get to go, right. you know, spend two or three days just playing games all weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the point, you know. Um, the only person in my group, the only people in my group that really do that are Richard and Vanessa, who are both here. And, you know, at, at Tsunami Con, I noticed that the only slot that Rich didn't, you know, populate with gaming was like when Mikey Mason was playing and, and there were, you know, our Drunkards and Dragons show and, you know, our, our entertainment slot on Saturday night. I have my obsessions. Which is, is, is great. I'm glad people do or we wouldn't have an audience. You know, it's like, well, 
you know, there may only be 30 people in the room, but there are 30 people that definitely wanted to be there because they gave up gaming right. in that slot. Yeah. But um, not so much usually Vanessa. She's just like, you know, um, between games, can I get another game in? It's like... <laughs> she has. That's her, her she stick. She has gotten you know? games I, I in between have, games. I have Between games. games. <laughs> yeah, so like, something well, gets a little early. Start 30 board 30-minute board games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do a lot of the board games. There's too, always time so. for zombie dice. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a gimme. I mean, that that's a game that takes what, like five minutes, <laughs> right? To, you to know, learn. <laughs> I thought I thought Zero Signal would only take about five minutes until Jesse ran a game that lasted an hour and a half. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Oh my gosh! Uh, I was about to say, how did you make that last <laughs> an hour and a half? No, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but okay. but it was fun. Um, it was great because Jess was helping out at the tea booth a bunch, and uh, I brought copies of my card game there. Which I've got some expansions and stuff. I'm going to put up this uh, this next year on on the for sale. Oh, but uh, yeah, she's uh, she, she's sitting there with at the end of the table where I have that set up with the nice little you know uh, uh, what do you call it a play mat you know and uh, some you know stuff that I had made like for my tournament kit and she just snags people on the way by you know and we were perfectly <laughs> positioned for that right and she was right at the end of the table where you Play just you me. can't walk by without her literally be able to reach out and grab you if she wanted to <laughs> so right there between you know the tea and the um, events you know the event pages right yeah, so a lot right. of people stop there anyway which then clogs traffic and they have to walk too close to Jesse. <laughs> it was great she sold like 17 copies of the well seven copies of the game it was fun good that's awesome it was, it was great you know I was, I was like i didn't even know i brought that many you know, it's like <laughs> get them out of the box you know you know the only thing i regret jess is that we didn't go you know what everybody is buying a copy of this game because now there's only like maybe 50 copies out there I don't have email addresses or anything for those people. Why do I not think of this stuff? Collecting <laughs> some kind of information I can use. I was, I was putting your card into each of the copies. Yeah, yeah. and I think Ooh, it's great okay. that they have a way to communicate with me if they choose to. A, yeah. <laughs> I should be collecting data that allows me. I'm not a good salesperson. <laughs> I am not good at this shit. So whatever so, so what what i'm hearing is you need to create like a mailing list sign up right <laughs> yeah yeah get a qr code make it easy yeah something i and i need to update my web presence on the game because i hadn't been selling it this last couple of years with the pandemic and stuff it hadn't been selling at all so it's like i, I just didn't care you know i, gotta, I was I thinking that uh as Vanessa and I are setting up the board gaming nights that we should get a mailing list set up to. I so completely can, agree. I'm totally cool with that. As I'm not on Facebook and get I realize that <laughs> some people, people can do Facebook things like through the Metagamers Anonymous or through TsunamiCon, but it'd be much easier for us if we were kind of in charge of part of the communication too. So you guys have okay. been talking about this? You guys have been discussing setting up board game nights and stuff? Yeah. We're going to well, go we, use We were our, discussing it on Sunday. We're going to use our $10 Old Chicago coupon to go have a chat about different places in town that we want to set up. I do have a couple time. of different processes to set up mailing lists. That's all I'm saying. There we go. Congratulations, Rich. You just volunteered. Everybody else, <laughs> you all are in charge. Please That's how do the works. thing. Do <laughs> the thing it. and then do the other thing. You know, it's like, I appreciate you people so much, because especially since I'm not in Wichita, which is where our base is. But, but uh, yeah, but Vanessa and uh, Jess drove up to join us for the weekend, and it was a lot of fun. It's it like, was super yeah. fun, yeah. And, and we, got to, we got to spend some time together outside of gaming. It was, it, was just, it was just great to be able to hang on. I know, Jess, you didn't do a lot of gaming most of the weekend, did you? 
No, Except for Vanessa, Zero Signal, of course. <laughs> Vanessa got me into the board game library Sunday after we saw you guys off. We yeah. played as many board games through the Play to Win as we could. Did, did you win anything? It was a lot of fun. Vanessa did. Did you? I, really? I won a couple Excellent. of them and I gave one of them to Jesse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. We, we got to play Crosswords, which is one that I was excited to show at Tsunami Con before I was with COVID. Oh, yeah. That was uh, one of the Play to Wins we had. Yeah, and we got to play the Kill the Unicorns game, and we loved both of them. <laughs> both of them that we had in the in the, uh, the Tsunami Play to Win, which I guess so, is Envoy, right? So that, that provides a lot of that stuff. So when could Vanessa, you, could you take a minute to elaborate on uh, Kill the Unicorns? <laughs> yeah, is that the one we played Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. So we are unicorn hunters in a kingdom that's overrun by unicorns. Uh, It's a card game. um, And you have to hunt down the unicorns to sell them on the gnome black market. So you can get um, more points at the end. Uh, But the the artwork is amazing. And a lot of the unicorns are little pigs with cardboard unicorn horns strapped on them. (laughs) Uh, and yeah, so well, okay, but also Vanessa and I were playing with just the two of us, and you have to have three players. So we started a uh, like a random character, uh, and so we were like tossing coins and stuff to see what the random character was going to do. <laughs> but you go through and you bid on all four unicorns, and then you turn over and see who wins. And um, awesome, you get it, and then like you earn money and stuff and points from the black market. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, Rich, that is the murdering unicorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I won that, didn't I? You, you yeah, won, did you, you murder, won the you game? You, you killed you the can, most unicorns? Yeah, like you score yeah, by killing gotta do it. <laughs> uh, the most, like making books, basically. Like you want unicorns of the same suit. I gotcha. So yeah. there's like take, it's space a trick unicorns. Game, or a rainbow, like I did. Grass yes, yeah. unicorns. And, oh, yeah, yeah, or a rainbow. I had one yeah. of each yeah. color. But the but the hunting part itself, like when you go hunting, has that sort of bidding mechanic. So you've got a hand of hunt cards that are like, there's a four, a couple of threes, a couple of twos, a one, and a couple of zeros. And that's your hand for using the whole time uh, through the, you got a bid on four unicorns. You have these numbers, you try to beat out whoever else is bidding against you on the unicorn, but you don't reveal the number you played until after everybody's put down their bids oh, that's a uh, on all four unicorns. It's okay. got some simple mechanics, but there is a good strategy in there, which I just really... I How many players does it handle? You said it has to have at least three? I thought it had six. Oh, Vanessa know, yeah, said six. four. Four yeah. to six? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. You need, you need three. You can have up to six. And it was oh. a lot of fun. There and you go. Was great. One yeah. of the mechanics is if you, when you're hunting them, if two people have the same amount for the the max hunt, they cancel each other out. So Jesse won a couple hunts day. by bidding zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the random player, left. the random player's <laughs> cards ended up being the same as what Vanessa was putting on the unicorns, and then I was I had bid zero on them because it does no good to have zeros left at the end. So I was like, That's okay, awesome. I just throw my zeros down. <laughs> I got unicorns. <laughs> Boom. That sounds like fun. I, yeah, it was I, a lot of fun. But so when Vanessa won the two games, she was like, I'll take uh, Hunt the Unicorn or Kill the Unicorns and you can have crosswords. And I was like, yay! Which is a game you were excited. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yep. Yep. So you did get a free game out of it. That's cool. Yeah. I know, uh, I, I know that uh, we had all put raffle tickets in on you because, um, Brad, you guys did a raffle, a charity thing. Mm, yeah. Yep. That had all these great prize packages. Just, it really did. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, it, 
people really stepped up this year on both the donations of of gifts and games and m- cups and mugs and dice and gift certificates and whatever. And then also on, uh, you know, putting money in. Uh, we changed the mechanism this year. Um, you, you probably don't remember, but in the past, we've had like a big convocation on Saturday night and everyone witnesses the draw and we get a number Make a big deal and, out of it, yeah. and we, you know, somebody has to have the number and they come up and they pick off this big table and it really kind of takes a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's the way we had done it for you know, like 20 years or whatever. And so I was really reluctant to change it, but with COVID and this being the first in person, we were really kind of ready to change that dynamic because it always takes too long. So we had drop boxes huge success everybody loved it and it made more money than, <laughs> than the other method had you know ever made and i, I was, like, was okay. gonna buy more tickets right it just turned out it was five minutes too late it literally I was didn't walking get any up. in oh, i didn't wow. get any in oh. yeah. i i mean i we put in you know our tickets and uh didn't win anything of course and, and the people it looked like there was a couple people really kind of swept it but it sounds like they put in a ton of money yeah so we had a couple that's nice. couple of folks who put in several hundred and not surprisingly you know more yeah. tickets equals that's one more. that's yeah. one way to win yeah. and uh, yeah that's i thought it was great and it, what was the charity do you remember off the top of your head uh harvesters it's harvesters. A, a regional food bank yeah oh, cool. Uh, cool. cool they raised three thousand dollars nice that's awesome that's awesome nice. yeah every dollar raised for harvesters um provides three meals right so it's um it's it's a very effective um, way of getting meals out to, to you know disadvantaged communities, and they they service. Uh, it's like a lot. It's like I don't have the math in front of me, but it's like uh, I don't know eight or ten counties in the Missouri and eight or ten counties in uh, in Kansas, and so it's like this regional sort of thing. And I, I probably have the numbers way off, but um, now you're fine. It's yeah. all over that. They, area. they don't listen. They don't listen. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was excellent. You see that? Really this will cool. be the one episode where, like, their audio tracking the will pick up harvesters. Listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, I loved the uh, the whole mechanism, though. I, I think um, I'm going to yoink that and do some charity stuff because I haven't been able to do anything really great. We have a charity that my wife and I have supported for years, uh, Fundamental Learning Center in Wichita, mm-hmm. which is um, a really great. Uh, I, I talk about some of that. I mean, we talked about it in the past, but um, I I think it'd be a really cool mechanism for actually raising money like that because because of the way you guys did it because you don't have to do it on a specific time frame where a bunch of people have to get away mm. from the gaming and and right. you know gather for right. stuff and take all the time to find the person. We do that enough with our play to wins. You know, we always make a presentation out of the play to wins at the in our closing ceremonies with the whole here's you know such and such. Are you here? Are you here? Half of them aren't there anymore by Sunday right. evening. You know, <laughs> and that's fine. I don't want people to feel like they have to be. I'm, I'm willing to. I, what I usually do is and I'll send the games to our sponsor. You know, to to the borough usually our, our big sponsor, and I'll send them there to pick them up. You know. Works out pretty good, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're not there to get them. But it does take it. It does. Yeah, actually, without it, our closing ceremonies, it'd be kind of boring. I think at this point, it's like hey, thanks everybody for coming. Although Appreciate I find you. it hard to step into the borough without buying additional things, but that's a whole. Well, other that is the it's point. Win, it's win win. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we did this year, we we've had a closing ceremony for several years, and we usually give away T-shirts to volunteers or mugs mm-hmm. or whatever's kind of left over. This year, we had. So surprising number of VIG packages of merchandise that did not get picked up by oh, mm-hmm. the people who bought them. 
and we had some leftover t-shirts and some old merchandise. We had 2021 dice. You know, we, we canceled the con in 2021. Right. So all these dice. Yeah, all those dice, all, yeah. All this stuff. <laughs> and so we, it, everybody who showed up to the closing ceremony, and there was, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 people. It was more than normal. Um, they all got a new raffle ticket, and we gave away all this stuff, right? Nice. So the leftover, the oh, the, nice. VI, uh, the VIGs, thank you for you know not picking up your, <laughs> not picking up your stuff, uh, but it got into the hands of uh, you know someone so delighted to receive it. it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was nice. a lot of fun. That was different. That's cool. I I, I thought um, every, everything that you guys are doing with the con that you know, I mean, some of it was obviously, I'm sure, just tried and true at this point after the practice you got. But um, I, I enjoy the way your event is put together. I think it it uh, flows really nicely. I'm sure it's a headache for you that you don't see from the outside because I know how that works. <laughs> but you know, it, but you have a pretty good team, a pretty good crew, and it's a great uh, team. You know, yeah, things seem to things things seem to work out. I'm sure that if we weren't on the air, you could tell me how you really feel, Brad. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it, it it really is. Everyone is just fantastic, uh, honestly, and it it, it takes. It takes a team like that of people taking initiative, and they do. Um, you know, I, I've been doing this for since 2015 as the director, and but I have forgotten a lot since we've been doing it online for a couple of years. Yeah. It was the first in-person <laughs> since 2018. And so I'm like, how did we – and like someone will remember or someone will come up with a, a good way of doing it or maybe even a better way of doing it. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, great. And so it it works, and it's it's very, we're all very synergistic, and um, you know we argue and bicker, and it's a family. But at the end, everyone is um, you know happy with the result and exhausted at the whole thing. But everyone really enjoys doing it, and it's something we we always look forward to. So. Yeah, well, I nicely definitely done. have on my my list to put in earlier next year to have time off to go because I definitely. Well. Every time I hear the stories, there's a, next, there's a trick to it, one. though, because Brad won't know when the event is going to be until like May or June. Yeah, yeah. May or June, yeah. I'll be okay. I can start okay. to I can start to plan because this last year and the year before, I had some other things going on, so I wasn't able to attend this year. So that being said, I, I've heard about I know I've yeah I've heard about all these stories about the vendors and stuff. What about the games? Like the yeah. the role oh, we don't have any games. games. Yeah. They don't have any games. <laughs> yeah. like, no, wait, I, I know, they have kill I know unicorns someone who plays and crosswords. <laughs> I know That's someone all who played a game, game every slot every day except so, Sunday. So it's a big unicorn hunters convention. Got it. Yes. I, Got it. I've, the con has been referred to multiple times. Uh, well, first of all, we have we have pretty much every type of game that there is. We don't have a lot of collectible trading card games, so we have a board game library. There's board games. We have the play to win board games. We have role playing games. There's miniatures. There's there's historical miniatures. There's like they have your, your an actual Warhammer. actual oh. miniatures community up there. They actually yeah. show up yeah. to the convention. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's, an amazing room. <laughs> there's uh, there's live action. We had a Star Wars murder mystery that was a lot of fun on, oh, on Friday cool. night. There's God, a, I got to ask you about that because I know you got yeah. to participate. Fucking fantastic! I loved it. It was fantastic. What exactly? Uh, I mean, like murder mystery. Like I, I mean, okay, so I, like the dinner theater type stuff, or it. Um, <laughs> everybody who showed up so there's a facilitator who runs it uh-huh. and then everyone is a character and so you spend the first for i don't know first half hour sort of fleshing out your character and there's a mechanism that they kind of go through there's there are i don't know 20 or so um 
basic rolls. Mm-hmm. And we had more people show up than they had cards for, and they went ahead and accommodated that. And so we got to make up some new roles. And so I, I was one, and I picked corrupt salvage yard operator. Right, oh, that was nice. my that was my role. And then then you establish relationships in the next phase with different people, and so you kind of figure out who you are, what you're doing, what your role is. In this scenario, everybody was in this crime organization, um, and uh, we were coming to like this moot to to talk to the the daimler it's in the star wars universe so right the, the crime lord and there's some problem that you've been sort of called to address and then you kind of work through that and then halfway through someone is killed and then it sort of changes and it's about well who did it right and so the person who the person who did it gets informed that they did it and <laughs> uh, nobody and so the basically we're trying to bring the person responsible for this disrespect to the Daimlo by picking a scapegoat and uh, <laughs> hopefully it's the right person. I've done this twice, the same event in two different venues. It was run at, at Reroll Tavern here in town back in April nice. of 2022. And then I was like, can we have that at Midwest? And I'm like, yeah. So I, I did it twice. It was different every time. It was a lot of fun. And n- n- the person who actually did it has never actually been the one who was chosen. Um, but That's that doesn't matter because what you need is you know, what you really need is a scapegoat to you know make it a seem as if you got the right person. So it was a lot of fun. And um, do people I really mean, really get into the characters and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. A, it was. A I saw blast. a lot of people dressed up, which was yeah amazing. yeah. It's a lot so of fun. To, we uh, would have gotten you know, Johnny and I definitely would have gotten in on that if we'd planned for it. <laughs> you know, because there were even when I was when I was getting ready for coming to the show, there was even some spe- spots left at the bottom to sign up, and I was sitting there going. Oh my God, but my wife would want to dress up for this, you know, and this is not something we can just do at the spur of the moment. Uh, but yeah, it looked fantastic. Yeah, no, it was a blast. I, I don't even know if I got pictures. I, <laughs> I was busy. No, the that's, time. That always life. happens. That's the regret it, in life. Of course, you know? it's in it's in the hotel bar. And Which is so everybody's, you know, a little, a little sloshed. And there's all these other people who are not part of the LARP, you know. Hanging out in the background. <laughs> there's like a wedding reception that night, and so there's like normal people, and they're all like, what is going on? And so eventually somebody would come over and like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm the corrupt salvage yard operator. And, Get out uh, it of was my face, newbie. Yeah. <laughs> and so they kind of got involved a little bit, and it was it was a blast. That's funny. That'll That's be a memory cool. for them. <laughs> So yeah, so you guys do. I mean, you have a lot of the the LARPing and the the. You have a lot of the organized play stuff. Um, you had a whole a room, ton, ton a whole of room for play. like the Heroes of Rokugan. Yeah, Heroes of Rokugan. So they have their own interactive, uh, you know, costume LARP LARPing, on Saturday yeah. night, um, and that's the feudal Japanese role playing. The con has been described as a role playing con, and I largely agree with that. Right? I mean, there's that's just culturally where this is coming from is the organizers have historically been their old RPGA, um, you know, people who've been playing D and D all this, all, all these years. And there's also board games. It's a lot of board games. And we, we now have our own board game library uh, and the play to win stuff. So we try to make role playing be one leg in the stool and board games be a leg in the stool and miniatures be and all these things, cosplay and their art, the art show and the art auction and the gamers garage, all these things. But, at the end of the day, the character of the con is heavily, heavily focused on role-playing. There's three or four different organized play groups. There's the Adventures League. There's Pathfinder, Starfinder, Pathfinder, Starfinder. Yep. 
um, the Heroes of Rokugan, Shadowrun missions. Shadowrun missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we haven't really ever the Call of Cthulhu orchid played never really took off. And uh, I think that may that may I be don't. I may be forgetting somebody in there. But is there um, organized play for Call of Cthulhu? There is. There, there. You'll sort. see a much around here. Yeah. <laughs> but see, yeah. I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> yeah. I, they, and, they keep summoning and, old ones and wiping out the <laughs> game areas, and they have to start over again. It's a thing. It's yeah. And in addition to all the org play, there's there's also uh, you know uh, Savage Worlds, um, uh, which there wasn't know, a ton lar- of at this in con, large part but, due to your presence. Yeah. Well, I brought uh, uh, and, and I, I talked Peter into coming, which wasn't really hard, and he ran yes. like you know four or five games with the weekend. Right, and, exactly. So it's exactly. like I was running. I ran like two Savage Worlds games this weekend. Hey, that I was in three Savage Worlds. Games and they were all different people. And Peter ran (laughs) like four or five, and some there was another guy that ran. What was his name? Do you remember Vanessa? Uh, I don't remember, but I've got the site pulled up. Uh, Scooby Doo Cthulhu guy. I can't think of his name. Steven. Uh, Oh, nice. I thought it was great, you know, just to have it so there. And it's a little different than what I'm used to because our convention is half Savage Worlds. Right. Um, And I go to like Genghis Khan up here in, you know, Denver. It's probably like all savage there. It's well, it's like half. It's like their 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 main event is like D and D and Savage Worlds. I mean, they have everything, but if you look at their schedule, eighty mm-hmm. percent of it is one of those two, and it is a huge number of games. Do they, they still have do the so, bar fight thing? Yes, they have so okay. much of it that they do the Friday night bar fight, which is a a thing. Basically, they they raise money somehow with it for charity because they sell seats. They're they're bigger cons, so they sell seats to their tables. Um, which I, I don't, I, I have very mixed feelings about, you know what I mean? <laughs> paying to get in and then paying for tickets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was I like, know. We do. We, yeah. Same. <laughs> it was, it was always kind of a, it was kind of a founding principle with us that, um, Sean and Eli were very much like, this is a thing we want. We want people to pay to get in the door, but not have to pay to do so. Maybe unless it's something special that costs money. Right. You know, like, right. uh, like my wife's tea party or sometimes we'd had tournaments there in the past, you know, where there's yeah. a prize, you know, things like that. But anyway, yeah, um, they would raise money with the Friday Night Bar Fight, and it was I, I participated running a couple of Savage Worlds games, and it was in this one huge room with these high-ass ceilings, and there's this din of noise. I'm a little deaf anyway. I had to stand, not only stand around the game, which is fine, but stand and lean halfway over the table just to hear people the whole time. Oh, and boy. I'm sure, consequentially, it looked like I was lording over the table the whole time, you know, like <laughs> try, trying to... All five foot eight of me trying to intimidate people or something. It's like, I just, it was, uh, it was great. It was a great experience because the energy was there, that vibe in the room, you know, mm. so helpful. But yeah, people love Savage Worlds there. And I just felt like these are my people, you know, I was like, yeah. I'm going to try to go, try to go back this year. We'll see what happens. But, uh, cause we, we like to have a booth there and their booths are expensive. But, you know, I, a little, it's nice to have a little bit of contrast to, to these little cons, which are, uh, I've, I hear from so many people how much they like smaller cons because you get to actually do the things you want to do. You know, you actually get to, there's still variety there. So, so, and, and at, at Tsunami Con, our variety is actually, I guess, kind of the spice of the con because we have, other than having a few people that run a lot of Savage Worlds, you have just a whole bunch of different shit. We don't even have much right. D&D anymore. Yeah. You know, and none of the organized play stuff. When you, uh, I mean, when you when you come out and run Shadowrun games, uh, we have some of the Shadowrun mission stuff there. Um, when um, was it Danny would yeah. would come out and run uh, some of that stuff, but he also had other like uh, was Eschaton right. or something he liked to do. Yeah, yeah. I just 
you, there's just a lot of you know a lot of variety, and we have so many community game masters who just love to play different stuff. And I think that's that's really cool, but it also always worries me. It's a little bit like because you know half the people that will go to game cons are looking for D and D games. Didn't but, we have hmm. some Adventures League this year at Tsunami Con? I thought we no, did. No, I don't think so. I mean, if we did, it was like one. I don't think we did. It just isn't a thing around here anymore. Around around here, around there anymore. Around Wichita anymore. But um, I was I was really kind of so I was kind of glad to see that you guys had still quite a bit of participation from Adventures League play. Yeah, it's a draw, and it's like you said, it's it's um, characteristic. Each con has sort of its own character, right? And each town Mm -hmm. uh, has its own kind of thing. Uh, Like, there's no, there's very little battle tech. Just as an example, very little battle tech here. There's uh, up north at Reroll, they're trying to start a group, and BattleTech has sort of surged back into the miniatures market with their, some recent Kickstarters. Must so have been. More, we, more had it, we had it at TsunamiCon this year, and okay. I've never seen it there before, and this guy uh, right. had an amazing layout, really cool table. And yeah. a bunch uh, of Middle-Earth role-playing, or Middle-Earth miniatures oh, yeah. too. Yeah, Middle-Earth, beautiful, beautiful figs. Those guys oh, put a lot of art. And these guys, they, they do so much of the terrain they make themselves yeah, and yeah. stuff. Just, just yeah. gorgeous. So, but it's all sort of depends on what the what the people in the town uh, are, are passionate about. Like, if you go to Columbus or somewhere else, there may be tons and tons of BattleTech or you know whatever whatever game you know. Uh, whereas here and there, it's it's just different. And so you get those things when you when you go to smaller regional cons. You know, you kind of see the flavor and uh, what people choose to emphasize. We ha- we had a game, um, the Stargate role playing game. A guy submitted. I don't know, four, five, maybe sessions mm-hmm. of that. Something, I, a game I had always wanted to play because I love that show and never really got to play. Didn't get time, you know, during our con to play it. But that's uh, that's something that you just don't ever run into or I don't ever run into it, you know. Um, and so I was delighted that that was an offering. And there was lots of sort of unusual things. Um, we see events come into the system. Like you use TTE, like I didn't, you know, you kind of right. see stuff come in. And then, well, that'll be like fun. fun. Yeah. That'll be great. Oh, I wish I could get. Oh, that's that's new while I'm running this other game. Oh, okay, that'll be so, great for the six people that get to sit down and enjoy to it. Play it. <laughs> right. Vanessa got to play Stargate. I, I saw Rich perk up when you say Stargate uh, because Eric and I mm-hmm. both have I didn't this do game. We we, we got never into really got to play it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've um, I've run a little bit of Stargate game before, and I did it in Savage Worlds. That's what I know. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, I'm guilty of that as well. I, every, everything that I look at that I want to play, um, it's really more about the world and the game specifically. You know, it's like, oh, I want to do this, and I want my players to experience this. I will usually, um, like, there's sort of a Cthulhu sort of campaign that I'm running, but it's using the Shadowrun mechanics, right? And uh, like we, you do, like you do, because you you know what you know. You either can stop and learn this other thing, or you can take what you know and adapt it. It's far had, easier to do that. I had never I seen a lot of that. Imagine that, and that's a that's a hard one because yeah, shadow run mechanics. Oh. <laughs> There's so much in the world already that's weird and I, terrible. I was and say, that's it, true. <laughs> I could see the I could see the fit. Yeah, yeah. And I, there's this meta metaplanar travel and extra planar threats and it's it's there's a lot of cosmic horror going on in Shadowrun already. That's fair. That's fair. Since, <laughs> yeah. So you're really just kind of changing the tone a little bit, you know. Right. I don't think Shadowrun has a sanity mechanic typically. It's not the, it right, does it's now. Not the same sort of it thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen a bunch of that until I met Sean and Eli and they um they had their at the time they had their tried and true systems they loved, which was like GURPS and like BRP, the Call of Cthulhu system, and 
uh, D&D, old D&D, of course. And, I mean, they would just skin everything, you know, to those game systems. They had an idea that, you know, had nothing to do. Uh, I always got a kick out of seeing D&D because, specifically because, you know, everybody knows D&D, but it's a fantasy role-playing game. No reason you can't do something else with it, but since it's a class-based game, you got to get creative. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's like uh, these these universal systems that I mean, of course, GURPS is what it is, and I've never been a huge fan, but it's because it's it's a clunky system to me. I I don't it doesn't jive it's, well with my yeah. you know take. No, not and I don't want to say bad things about it because. Uh, the, the guys at C. Jackson are friends, <laughs> you know, and uh, Phil especially, you know, runs a company, good friend of mine. I just, you know, I don't want him to think I, I don't like the GURPS, but um, no, but it's never been my system. But, you know, as soon as I picked up Savage Worlds and found something I could do that with, it's like, oh, oh I get it now. You know, I, I can run anything with this. So I will run really anything with this. <laughs> and uh, when I use D&D, I, I play D&D. So there you have it. So what did you get to? You got you got to run a game or two, didn't you, Brad? Uh, I ran a Shadowrun game, maybe two. It's all kind of blurs together. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I got to play. I played in John Hook's. Um, we we did have a couple of buy-in games this year, and that was one of them. His Alien Alien game. game. He, he had some fun giveaways for the people who participated, and to kind of justify, you know, the. Um, the, yeah, I always do cost. that. If I do a, a game that's a fundraiser or something, I'll always have like tchotchkes I give away as part of it. You know, you yeah. Know. So and one year had, I give away a bunch of dice and stuff. You know, like, yeah. He ran a Call of Cthulhu game on Friday night. I think it was one of his that he'd written. And um, in that case, the con actually purchased some um, some of the modules uh, to give away as prizes and oh, things cool. like that. So nice. it was, uh, yeah, some some fun stuff. I got to play Alien. It, it's a really I had played it before and it's a buying game at CantCon, another con here in town is a blast in the summer it was great i ran it mm-hmm. i wanted to play it again because we were all like well what if we went in through the garage this time because we there was whole parts of the scenario we just did not see because of the way we did it and we're like well, let's do this again but come in this other way and there was stuff we had never seen it was like a whole other game except for the ending which is you know you got to get off the planet and there's only one spaceship so it's, it's kind of funnels you toward toward that direction but but it's still nice to get to see all the different paths you could have yeah, taken yeah, yeah definitely yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun that's cool and he's great he's a great rep so and he was a he was a special guest at the con yeah. Yeah. yeah i remember seeing his, seeing his name. i didn't get to meet him yeah. but i didn't get to meet a lot of people there was it was a busy con there was a ton going on I got to meet everybody that passed by. Yeah, yeah. Jesse that was got to meet a lot of people. <laughs> Even if it was just no, I, I don't yeah. have time right now. You know, <laughs> but she got a surprising love, number of people to sit down at that table. I love being in the entry hallway because then I can greet everybody. <laughs> That's a good spot. It's a good it spot. is a good spot. Strangely, I know it's funny because we ended up with it because that one year you forgot to make room for us in the game room. In, in the in the room with the vendors, right? And it's like, right. well, it kinda, what about it out, out here? You know, like, um, and Jonica looks at out here and goes, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not no, <laughs> yeah." It, it worked out pretty nicely, and so, yeah, yeah. and we've uh, we've already gotten some orders too from people that we hadn't met until this year. You know, coming with orders and follow up orders, so I'm pretty excited about it. You're my official supplier of, of tea now, by the way. Uh, I'm not sure wh- at what rate I'm going to go through that tea that I did get. Um, but We have more. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 it's probably going to be like in the 5 or $10 a year range, right? So nothing to get excited about. Oh, you're but, good. Uh, yeah. That's the thing is that tea can last a while. You know, unless you're somebody that drinks it every day. And I mean, there are people like that, obviously. We don't yeah. even drink it every day. Yeah, Jonica drinks coffee every morning. 
but making tea is a whole different thing. Uh, ever since I got the little glass teapot, I've been drinking tea every day. Oh, that's I awesome. I love it so much. Because, uh, you well, have my a regular, lot in your tea cabinet, as I recall, though. So. My regular, well, that's because, okay, so I was thought <laughs> I thought I was being smart. When I got too much tea in my collection, I was like, I'll just host some tea days and people will come and drink my tea. We brought more Except tea. Except then everybody kept bringing more goddamn tea. <laughs> <laughs> I was not that smart, <laughs> but um, well, I mean, but yeah, you happen to know a tea vendor intimately, so it's like right, it's not yeah. really a problem. It's like you need more, you know. It's, we can come up with it, Jess. But making an entire big pot of tea was very uh, daunting to me usually. So now that I've got the little glass one, uh, I think Richard, you've seen my little glass one, yeah, right? I love it. So that I could make the flowering teas, but now I just use it to make everything, and I get which, to have tea every day, which works. I mean. Literally, I've got a little hot shot where I heat water to near boiling, and I just brew a quick cup every now and then. I have a whole station set up with my little hot yeah. pot where I can make tea or a hot cocoa or my roommate can make coffee because I don't do coffee. And, and I like you were doing, tea and coffee. You put a pretty good tea cabin together when we were living there, too. So, yeah, it's you know, starting to get a little low. I need to find myself some more. Uh, I know a vendor. Roybos and <laughs> I know. I knew. I need to put together an order now that shipping is actually a thing again. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we were planning to, like, you know, here at the end of the year, we we're planning to kind of start planning our new flavors, you know, the blends that are going to come out in the next few months and start buying stuff up. People bought out of so much stuff at the con that I'm spending all of our money replacing, <laughs> replacing the tea it. that we sold. Mm. But that's so, the thing. You guys a good problem to have. are yeah, such yeah. tea enthusiasts that you're pricing oh, it to it. move it we, rather uh, than pricing yeah. it to high profit. It's not because worth it if it's just sitting in our cabinet. You know, your you quality is high, and I'm not paying near what I used to to get my import stuff from, from China that I used to get. <laughs> right, no, um, now I'm paying to do that. I'm just doing it in bulk. <laughs> right, but I'm still, even with shipping, it's still way less. Uh, so, yeah. I'm trying to I convince... To order more. I'm trying to convince Jonica to let me have a franchise here in Wichita. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I want to I pick up some more puer too. We, get, we got those small jars, Jesse. We could, we could hook you up with a you know a couple dozen, probably, <laughs> blends to have on hand there. Just gonna make you some labels and stuff, right? It'd be kind of fun. It'd be great. Uh, I could, I can do all the cons to the east of the Mississippi, and you guys can do all the cons <laughs> to the west. At the east of the Mississippi is still quite a ways from you. Yeah, you well, you that's, know what that's I mean. a bit of a, a bit of a drive, right? But there's more population on that side. That's true. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah she'll have more the, people. Like the, I think it's like the 53rd. I don't know. There's like a. The central and eastern longitude so. <laughs> hold 75% of the population of the U.S. Well, that's because there's nobody out oh. here. Mm-hmm. You know, well, where you have mountains eating up a lot of your <laughs> real estate. Mountains and desert. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> I live in the biggest town in the San Luis Valley, and it's 15,000 people. <laughs> it is not huge, but uh, pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> can't, can't fault that. Uh, I had a great time. I uh, I ran two Savage Worlds games while I was there. I ran a uh, a fantasy game that I when I run Savage Fantasy, I like to make sure it feels as little like D anD D as possible because you know if you're going to run fantasy, you if you, in Savage Worlds, you may as well make it worth it. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to emulate it, even though the Savage Worlds did that Pathfinder thing uh, Kickstarter last year that was amazing, had great material, and you know feels very D anD D in the way they kind of give you a lot of tools to work with, kind of. Not necessarily what I want, so 
I did that, and it was an investigative game. And then I ran a Victorian horror investigative game. And I remember after doing this, why I don't always want to run investigative games at cons. Because (laughs) that's a lot of waiting on people to decide what it is they're going to do and where it is they're going to do it. Yeah, and then and suddenly the two th- two thirds of the of the con time is gone in that session. Oh yeah, and you, like, yeah. Um, what? Let's see, and now pacing is a thing, right? Yeah. You know, so there's that that con game philosophy, right? If you're running a, a scenario that's got any kind of loose quality to it, you kind of watch the clock, right? You know about where you want to be about two hours in, about what you need to be doing at that third hour, and whether you need to push the you know third act to completion right. somehow. And that was not really a thing because I, you know, I started the game, and then by the third hour, they were still role playing in Act One. Yeah. Now, like here was my do. here was my problem in quotes. They all wanted to just role play. <laughs> what are they thinking? I was like, come on, people! <laughs> we we tried to turn one shots into campaigns at our table, so that, I get well, that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that that's legit because it, that's something we do in our home games it's like you right. know it's like right. hey i got this one shot scenario i've run it at cons it only takes three or four hours it <laughs> took three or four sessions <laughs> yeah. took you guys at least three sessions to get to detroit <laughs> you know it was <laughs> it was fun it was a lot of fun and what it was is that in each group and it was different people i had i had at least one player who was in both games but at each group, I had one person who really dug in to the character and just and made it kind of explode. Um, in my Victorian horror game, it was the person who played Pigeon, which was a, a character that my daughter originated, who is this like timeless, ageless urchin. They're, they're called wildlings in the gaslight setting that I took it from. And they, they're basically like children, street ch- urchins, you know, so like they think in this kind of game, think like the Sherlock Holmes are regulars. She has a lot of contacts and stuff, right? But they're also, like, irrepressible, you know. It's like playing a kinder. They're just mm. constantly just lifting things and, you know, just just being not a nuisance per se, but always right at the edge. And so all I did when I make these characters, you know, for people is I give them just kind of like a one or two paragraph kind of description, right? And then the stats. And if they know Savage Rolls, they get it. And a picture. And the photos, you know, the pictures I find are usually I try to make find something that's really evocative. This person picked up quickly the way this character should be played, in their opinion, and really dug in. And she was a blast. I mean, he was a blast playing this. And then uh, the other one was the person who played the Clockwork Girl in my fantasy game. Yes, I said it Clockwork Girl. It was hilarious. A character that our friend Alicia originated, who was uh, a young, you know, kind of out of fish out of water, kind of mechanical, you know, I really want to be a real boy kind of girl who just makes her way through life with everybody else and she depends on somebody else to be her friend because she has to be wound up every 24 hours you know just um and just fun just so much fun and uh, again i got really got into it (laughs) yeah you did yeah but in both cases i was happy that i was able to find a way in the in the 11th hour to kind of get them to the conclusion without making it feel forced Mm mm-hmm but it was not what, not the way I expected those games to go. <laughs> I don't want them at all. Too much role playing. Gosh, what a disease. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So the character <laughs> of your con stop. appears to be consistent with my experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was fun. I had a lot of great time. Vanessa, you played a game or two. I, you I did, played a lot of games. <laughs> you did some dread. I know you did, did some dread. I did two games. Oh, I, I love the game. Dread. I love the game. Dread. 
we had a lot of dread submitted uh, there's a guy there's uh, a guy in town who does it pretty much every month and he brought a lot of his stuff is that Matt? Uh, well matt does it uh, as well uh, aaron matt Guerra. Comes to tsunami conference <laughs> yeah so aaron Guerra started running it this year for us at our monthly game days and also online on on monthly game days so he's got a uh-huh. ton of scenarios so so then he added his game um, he had, I don't know, four sessions, I think of it. So I'm there was a lot more dread than normal. <laughs> yeah. And both of those guys are just wonderful, you know, presentations and a lot of good, a lot of good, uh, craft at the table. So it was a, it was a blast. So Vanessa, this was your first chance to play dread with an actual Jenga tower, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. How, how was that? Cause you've done it online. <laughs> I know. Like oh, okay. Mechanics. Yeah. I've done it, I've done it online. Uh, so first time. Like, it really amped up the tension, because we didn't have the tower fall at all until, like, the 11th hour of the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> How does that compare to the That's tension a lot of, missing of uh, 12 candles and Ten candles. shaking the table? <laughs> the ten I'm candles just kind of wondering. The table and everybody, <laughs> because the candle goes out, something bad happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was wondering, I was wondering how the Jenga tower, tower Since I haven't played Tin Candles and I've just run Tin Candles, I'm not sure that that would be a, a good one for me to compare. But. You were gasping more than I was. <laughs> oh no, I was smiling more than you were. I was freaking... Uh, it was a like dark room. room. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> that's true, that's true. Anyways, so yeah, so the Jenga tower... But anyways, I, like the, yeah. the first one, like there was so much tension because like the bottom, we had like one brick going one way, one brick going <laughs> oh the other God. way, and then it was still like stacked up on top of that. So every time someone even bumped the table, everyone like backs up another inch. <laughs> <laughs> By the time we finished that game, everyone was three feet away from the table in a big circle, <laughs> just, just yelling, shouting at each other. <laughs> exactly. Now the second one, it was a, a different one because we we handled the scenario completely different than what Aaron was expecting. We ended up finishing an hour and a half into the game because we just completely Whoa. blew away his everything. What was this? Which scenario? Wow. Uh, skyscraper, skyscraper of blood. <gasps> okay, I love that. That's a great scenario. So I, we didn't see that we, what was happening coming until like late in the game when we played it. So when we played it, we we ended up going down the the emergency escape and then like finding ways past a bunch of different blocks that he had just by pulling blocks. <laughs> wow. And wow. we ended up just getting nice. out through the emergency escape rather than going through any of the routes that he had anticipated or had had people prepped up for or anything. Oh, doggone. Like, wow. we did a lot of good content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we missed, Like, he, he ended up having, like, one of his baddies fly out a window to try to get us after we got out of the building and then, then we ended up getting away from them, too, and he's just like, well, I don't wow. know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all wake I, up back at the top of the building. <laughs> I, I guess oh, you no. guys guys win <laughs> i guess you guys win <laughs> you saved wait, today. what <laughs> and he's like now i need to rewrite this scenario to block that entirely in the future <laughs> wow anybody, anybody want to play some jenka <laughs> <laughs> like the tower still ended to up falling a couple of times but it was super early in the game and he's just like i can't kill you guys yet so i'm just gonna pluck you out when it's relevant and we still all survive to the bottom he's like i still have two people to kill oh <laughs> dude that's awesome i, I said i, I always kind of wondered whether dread would be good in a convention hall because you know it's a game that seems like it would play better in an enclosed in a private space but i would be nervous if somebody ran by the table Right, but judging by the the tension, the level of tension involved in the way the the mechanic plays out, 
I get the feeling that it isn't long before everybody kind of fucking forgets that there's anything else going on in oh, that yeah. room around them. 100%. You know, even if you are shouting your role-playing at each other from 12 feet away because you don't want to go anywhere near the table, <laughs> the rest of the room just isn't there, you know? Exactly. It's great. Hey, so talk to me about... Uh, so I, I play online with, with Aaron, and he's got his own sort of mechanism for, for doing that, which, which works fairly well. What have you guys done when you've done it online? What's the mechanism for for simulating pools? So when Matt ran it for for us, he did a deck of cards. And if you draw a number, it's a success. Gotcha. If you draw a face card, you have to keep drawing. And let's see. what was, Or wait, no. Face cards were successful. It's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> Give me just a sec. I have it written down, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to be able to do it. <laughs> yes. So it's basically a standard deck of cards. And and so many are cards good. are taken out of it. Right, right. Okay, got it. Did we did we do that one as a... I thought we, we did, did that as, 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 a, as a, an actual As part. our AP series? We yeah, did. so I think so we, we should have, have a video recording on, on YouTube that. somewhere. Hey. I've forgotten about that. I didn't. I would. I do. I wasn't in that one, so I'd forgotten about. It. I was. <laughs> no, I never played Dread. I never played Dread. So I've I've listened to enough people talk about that. I've got a feel for how the game works, but you know that's that's about it. And um, I got to admit, Jenga's not something I. You know, I'm I'm one of those people that I breathe on something like that. It falls over. I don't think people want well. me in that. At that game. Yeah. See, Aaron, Aaron was nicer than I've played Jenga in the past. When I've played Jenga in the past, like if you touch a piece, that's the one you have to try to pull. Yeah, people are yeah. mean. He's Aaron, very forgiving. Aaron, you let you like poke around <laughs> and figure out where one has give. The problem is, if you poke too hard, it's going to fall anyway. Right. So. Right. So you're really only you're not doing yourself any favors at that oh, point. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> we have some people who like who like the game who only play online. Big, uh, older and not quite steady, right? And so they're like, "Oh, well, if I did this in person, it would just be the first, the first yeah. pool would just be over." And so I understand, uh, but on the in the online version of this, that is not really a factor, and it's really it really comes down to probability and chance, and you know if you're just lucky or not, rather than rather than your skill at or steadiness at, at pushing and pulling the pieces. And so the the tension is still there in the mm-hmm. online version, right? And the story and the characters is still a lot of fun. Um, but it allows people with motor problems to you know right, enjoy not, the game. Not as much of an issue. Yeah. I remember how the deck of cards worked. If you pulled a joker you died. <laughs> Oof. Oh wow. And face well. cards you have to make additional pulls based on what the face card was. Like if you get a yeah. jack you have to make an additional pull, queen two more pulls, king three more pulls. And if you have an ace and it's an automatic success for a future pull. But there are only so many aces in the deck. Oh cool. Yeah, that's a pretty good mechanism. What Aaron does is he rolls a percentile dice and he keeps track of what's been rolled. And when there's a collision, that is when the tower falls. And it happens at about the same uh, the the deck of cards may be a similar mm-hmm. uh, timing, but it happens about the same amount that it happens at table, and um, so that, and that makes sense. There's probably other ways of doing it too. We did find a couple of Jenga simulators online, like mm-hmm. web based Jenga pool, but it would just be a disaster, <laughs> complete yeah. disaster. Is it, you're trying to with your mouse, trying to just, oh yeah, it, ah, no, damn it, dude. <laughs> Uh, what else did you play, Vanessa? You got a, you, I know you did a couple uh, of the... You did some Savage Worlds. Yeah, I did um, some Savage Worlds. Uh, powered by the Apocalypse. Eli ran one of those, and I was in that. Oh, was yeah, her. It was, it was Parks and Rec or whatever. Parks and Rec, yeah. 
Yeah, I would totally play in that again. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. The entire thing was ridiculous, and it was so much fun. I played that (laughs) scenario. um, I think at Tsunami Con. It was sold out by the time I got to it at Tsunami Con. (laughs) It's funny because when Sean and Ela, when I met them, they only played those old systems. Like I said, I was talking about you know they would just kind of adapt everything to those systems. And uh, they were kind of, because because we're all older gamers, you know, from way back, they were kind of resistant to change in some ways. And because, and I would have been the same way, I think, but the podcast. With Minute Gamers Anonymous, I wanted to experience more game systems so I could talk about the industry and I could talk about role-playing as an immersive art form in various, you know, various approaches. So, we had to try more games. And so that led me to systems that were, you know, easier, you know, newer in the indie, indie games a little bit, you know, and, and really kind of try to talk them into trying stuff. And eventually I wake up one day and suddenly they're all in, you know, it's like at first I couldn't get anybody interested in Savage Worlds even when I ran it for them. And then like, like a year later, Sean's running Savage Worlds games. Um, I, I couldn't get, um, <laughs> I couldn't get Eli interested in anything. And then suddenly she's, you know, all in on powered by the apocalypse now, you know, it's, and, and I knew that she would, if she tried it because she has a very, she's run a lot of world of the darkness stuff that she has a very improvisational GMing style where she has kind of her, her loose form for the scenario. And, and then she just lays it, you know, just pulls it all she's out. She's a lot like you though. Everything turns to horror. Oh yeah, but but I don't plan that at all. She does. That's different. That's the only difference. Like she plans the horror thing. I don't. I just end up there. She just doesn't plan anything else. She came into this scenario saying it's not horror. I know some of you aren't going to believe me, and it still turned into horror. <laughs> That's amazing, balls. I I love her games too. She's so yeah. much fun. Uh, she's a really great GM, and I, I love the fact that I have them on tap at Tsunami Con every year running games. Don't get because, me wrong. Uh, I also excellent. love horror. So I, I, the D&D event that I signed up yep. for was Jeff Stevens running horror at Devil's Run. I like horror. <laughs> not an AP game, I don't think. It's kind of, I mean, uh, another not, guest. A, not an AL Jeff, game, I mean. Uh, Jeff Stevens, another special guest. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was super fun. I liked him. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Aaron yeah. Dykstra, another special guest, uh, the Shadowrun Missions developer, um, taking over Danny's job mm-hmm. and uh, ran some events. That was the only game I got to play in was one that Aaron ran, and it was it was uh, a blast. It, it, very deadly. Uh, when I, I sat down, I sat down because the guys were like, hey, we're all going to die. Would you help us out? And I was like, okay. So I sat down, and I swear within the first five minutes of actual play, the, the dude who had asked me to sit down because we were all going to die, died, like, flat out, got ran over by a semi. And I was like, holy shit. And then it was just like that the whole time. So That's it was awesome. very dangerous. Yeah, it was a blast, though. Well, how did you feel about the con overall, Brad? Uh, I, this is a safe space, no judgment. I had a great time. Your people we had a lot listen. of challenges going in, <laughs> and it all kind of worked out, and I think everybody had a good time. We have our, our uh, feedback survey coming in now, and it's it's overwhelmingly positive. That's there's nice. a few. There's always like somebody yeah. <laughs> down yeah. at the other end of the spectrum who's like, oh, this is the worst, worst con ever. And I'm like, well, okay. Uh, can you give me specific <laughs> something specific <laughs> that I can work with? Yeah, I I expected Feedback. at the end of any of my, at the end of each of my game scenarios, I expected people to call me out on how the game was just kind of you know it's like well this you know this whole everything happens you know, fast and I'm standing like. 
Now everybody talks about how well, you know, they have a great time, which is always what happens, right? You know, you always you're always hard on yourself as a game master, you know, so you have to rely on that feedback. Um, <laughs> like even even the tea, tea booth wasn't free from absolute criticism. Somebody came by and told us that our business cards were too boring. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> It's a business what? card. <laughs> it's like, like, really? That's yeah. cool. Most, most people happen? overdesign their business cards. It really just needs to be name, phone number, right. email. I got a whole to put there. surprise explosives in your business cards. But you didn't listen <laughs> to them. People like a surprise. <laughs> people like a surprise. That's they, a good idea. They <laughs> talked with us for so long about it. It's like they expected us to change it right there. Right like, there. Right on the like, spot. Right it's like they wanted oh. us to pull oh. up a new design right there for them and be like, yes, we're printing this now. We'll but, get right on it. <laughs> right on it. Here at the okay. con. Just hand them a bag of glitter and tell them to open it in their car and have a fun day. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ouch. Oh, gosh. That sounds terrible, man. Glitter terrible. is the devil. Never never get rid of it. Yep. Be there the rest of, at rest of eternity. That car will go to salvage with glitter all over the interior. <laughs> I always felt like that was the best way to get back at somebody if you really were upset at them is just put it in the envelope, whatever it is you send them. Glitter bombs are the best. <laughs> yep. I've thought I about like it a couple glitter. times. The I gift like that keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. So I don't mind finding sparkles everywhere. You don't mind finding random sparkles in your I life? I like it. I love you, Jess. <laughs> They're so shiny. <laughs> and I can be like, oh, look at the shiny. <laughs> Just randomly. It's great. <laughs> you don't go to their house. You, you, you will not escape without it. <laughs> it it's true. There was, there Three was days a time later, I'll where... find a piece of glitter somewhere on my body when I leave her house. There was a time where uh, we used to do water balloon paint fights. So you put paint in the water balloons, throw them at each other. And I filled mm. mine with glitter. <laughs> I had people message me for weeks. Like, I'm still finding glitter. <laughs> you bitch. How could you do this to me? It's hilarious. And oh, I love it. It's the worst. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Brad, thank you so much for putting on that event. You, yeah, you, thanks you for your coming. Crew. That was, it was, uh, it was worth it. Like I said, it was, and I say that it's like if I was down the street, it's worth it, you know. But I'm not down the street; I'm an entire two states away. You guys still (laughs) doing an online event this spring? We are. Um, I would I would mention the date, um, but you never know your dates. Last year was in March, so (laughs) I'm always looking in March. We're probably looking at the date we settled on was in April. And I'm um, having second thoughts and thinking about May, but I'm not sure. It, it will likely be it will likely be the middle of April, and um, we'll, we're going to get it figured out here in the next couple so, of weeks and so get the sorted up. And I should keep my eyes on MidwestGameFest.org. Yes, got it. <laughs> As should everyone. Everyone, keep your, all eyes on MidwestGameFest. We might might put the link in our show notes so that people can we, find we are it. horrible Yay. at putting links in show notes. It, like it'll be under asantis.shop, but it'll be there. <laughs> oh, certainly, <laughs> where it belongs. Yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> I uh, so did not do a um, virtual event last year. I didn't do a stream night because we were moving, so we were, it was just a bad bad time mm-hmm. of year for us. To, our whole life was changing. But um, we'd always tried to shoot for around the end of April when we were doing Midwest Game or Midwest Game Fest. We were doing our um, what did I call it? Tsunami Game something? Virtual game, day. game Fest? I don't know. Game Fest um, is what you called it. it was, I yeah, think. might be. I, I guess I stole a, stole something anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, <laughs> when you know, we were doing that, and I, you know, I, there our core community, you know, that that does get online, 
Still loved it. I mean, we didn't get near, obviously, near the attendance of our convention, right. which is fine. And it's almost all role-playing, obviously. Yeah, because that's what it's easier. <laughs> if you're going to translate right. into an online environment, that's what you got. Ooh. And online uh, concerts. Uh, yeah, there PGA are is great. Yep. There are other For certain games, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've definitely pushed the envelope on that, Dad. It's like, oh, let, let's, let's, let's try this. Let's forget we tried that. I bet. Uh, but... The, the online yeah. is definitely different. I mean, it's definitely different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, we, I, we're still struggling with format, right? We kind of overplanned yes. on RPGs. We didn't quite get the number that we thought we would have. And so, you know, the thinking is, well, is this like a celebrity-only kind of thing? And we just broadcast, and there's no actual other games? Or, you know, what, what is the... Cause which, which we've seen other conventions do. Or or is do we try to keep it a, uh, a traditional con where people come and attend and play, and we, we pick a few of those to stream? You know, and so we're just, just struggling to kind of figure out what works for the most people and what gets well, attention. And, let me know, know if I can help. Uh-huh. What I can do. Um, you know, I'm probably happy to help run events and stuff. I, like I said, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll probably do something this year. I'll wait till I hear your dates for sure. So I don't. You totally right, should. Well, I need that. excuses to get time off work. <laughs> well, and Vanessa, Vanessa will run games. Yeah. I'll volunteer her now. Rock Thanks. on. Jesse, Jesse might even run something if she's really feeling it. Oh, oh, she's, moved more, she's moved right into meat space again now. So, yeah, I yeah. like meat space better than digital space. Yeah. Well, I, no, I no disagreement. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, so, uh, Brad and I had a conversation about this. It, I realized I need to let, it's, you know, it's, it's been an hour. I need to let everybody get on with their day. You're fine. But, um, yeah, Brad and I had a conversation about this at the con. You know, I, I've been wondering because there's been more and more since the pandemic, there's been more and more push towards online play as a focus for the the platform for gaming, right? Mm-hmm. And consequentially, because of the pandemic, we had a, another big influx of gamers into the hobby who started at that point. Mm-hmm. That is their experience, right? There are some and people now, that prefer the online gaming to the tabletop. And now we're seeing uh, tools being put into place and, uh, a, you know, a positioning, marketing at some of the high levels, like Wizards of the Coast, who are going to focus on just really extravagantly expanding on the online playability of the game. And and you're going to be pouring all this money into this. And, and of course, the online utilities that they mm. already have are really phenomenal for the game. So, and, and are useful at the table. You know, I mean, that's part of the point, right? It's like D&D Beyond is something that we use at, you know, you got right. the app on your phone, if nothing else. Right. And it's like, it's great, whatever. But there's there's this kind of fear, niggling fear, that there's going to be this entire generation of gamers who never really play in meat space. That isn't what they do. And the convention will become something, the, the ultimate example, will become something that's just a nostalgia format. You know, as we've been for now, we may be talking about 10 years down the line. That would make me sad. Don't get me wrong, uh, I like online gaming, but I like tabletop too. I like clicky clack dice. I like it. <laughs> it so, and that's why I refer to it as a fear. It doesn't necessarily affect my life over much. In fact, right now, I'm kind of stuck in virtual space because I moved myself all the way to another state away from all my goddamn gamers. <laughs> so it's like I've, I've got no choice but hey, to do my gaming. Hey, we did weekly virtual. games and you moved away. <laughs> we still do weekly games, damn it. <laughs> I yeah I run three games two games two and a half game, two and a quarter games a week online. <laughs> I think that um, 
the idea of people not going to conventions is kind of the same idea of people only shopping online. Like there's, I think there's going to still be a contingency of people that will want the experience of going to Mm -hmm. the store and touching the things or going to the convention and sitting around the table. So I don't, I don't know. I will fully admit I'm a I don't think it's going to go away. (laughs) That's how I meet. I don't think it's going to go away. What it it will stimmy, I'm concerned about what it will stimmy is growth. Mm. Because if it becomes a nostalgia format, you know, something that only us gamers who used to do that as our standard approach to gaming, because we are the ones who still want to do that. You know, Mm. and it might be fun, even then it might be fun for people who play digitally to get into that space, try it out, you know, and then go, well, I prefer online. But, you know, it's I'm sure there'll be people, there are people today who prefer video games to tabletop games, right? I think it's the same (laughs) same sort of thing. When I play a video game, there's explosions, there's stuff, there's auto-calculation of hit points and damage and all this tracking that goes on. And when you're at a table, you're the engine that does all the computations and all the special effects are in your mind. And I, I can imagine that there are a lot of people who are like, well, why would you do that? Why would you? Why wouldn't you just do it with the computer and let the right, computer do all right. the thing? And that's that's a it's a fair argument. That yes. is a, a younger yeah. generation thing too, in my opinion, yeah. because you know we we had books. Right. <laughs> and when I tell people, I, I tell them specifically, we had books and three channels on the TV. And you know? I'm into <laughs> tabletop role playing games because if I start saying role playing games, they assume immediately I, they I just assume mean online right. video games. Right. So I say tabletop role-playing games, and they still don't get it because they, they just don't register tabletop. So they, they throw that it. away and go back and go, oh, yeah, I've played Elder Ring. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that particular book. <laughs> See, <laughs> we, was that a Kickstarter? A I would not doubt that's a Kickstarter somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the answer I get a lot is, oh, who, like D&D. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like D&D. I'm sure that works. A lot like D&D. <laughs> that's where I started. <laughs> Thanks. A lot like D&D. I, I had a guy or a couple of guys years ago who were like, oh, Midwest Game Fest. Great. That's near me. What games do you have? Do you have, you know. Call uh, of Duty? Uh, right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like a big land Oh, I've had those conversations. My last new class I was teaching we started talking about games and the fact that I was into the games. They ended up spending 10 minutes talking about Monopoly. And I'm like over here just like, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> but that is the world's worst game. Yeah. Right. I tried mm. not to say that. I don't want to yeah. gatekeep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But yeah. I, uh, <laughs> there, is, there is a point where gatekeeping is okay and it's Monopoly. I'm telling you. <laughs> Monopoly is fantastic if it's just you against a computer. If you don't right, have the social right. element, if you're not creating enemies, if, if you're not eliminating people in the most horrendous and de- dehumanizing <laughs> yes, and way, yeah, yeah. I then you know you're it's fine. It's actually a fun game. It's but wow, I have not played Monopoly in so long. I've heard um, people talk about I've heard people talk about Settlers of Catan the same way that so, yeah, they talk about Settlers Monopoly. is becoming that, and down. I mean, and I think it's because it's it's, it's really kind of a gateway game to. You know the 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 board game world, right? But there are it's so many better um, games. But it's yeah, it's mechanically such a simple and largely uninteresting game in contrast. But I will always that, take the opportunity know, to yell out that I have wood for sheep. I just it's a thing. <laughs> I will I will directly be looking for sheep just so I could say it. Love you I too, have Richard. so I have so many good <laughs> memories of Catan, right? So many, and we played it recently, and. I, it was a slog, 
the dice yeah, did not cooperate. People chose, people made mistakes in their positioning, and it was just, it just dragged on. And I'm like, this is not the game I remember. Why is this, you know, how is this so different than, than and it was like you said, and it was, and you have to make decisions. We were making enemies. I was like, well, we're not going to trade with that guy because if we give that mm-hmm. guy the wood, then he's going to do this, and we can't do that. And, you know, it's your son. And, <laughs> and so at, the, at, the, at the end of the game, you're like, I can't believe you wouldn't trade with him. You would have won the game. You know, so it's this whole thing. Then we're back to Monopoly. So Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is, is, is legit because in Monopoly, it's the same thing. Trade, give him a break, you know, make an yeah. underhanded deal. But it isn't actually legal in Monopoly. In Catan, it's just the way the game works. Right, right. So I think there you too, have it. the worry with um, conventions not being able to grow, uh, like the exciting aspect of like thinking about it that way is being able to look into innovation. Yes. And mm. I think that a lot of America really prospered when we were focused on being a nation of innovation. And I think we could go back to that as a gamer nation of innovation and make conventions that are... I love that philosophy so much. I heart that so much. I think the, the, the thing that we've seen is that innovation has become how do we use the digital tools that our world now provides to oh. enhance our gaming experience. And what we need to do is continue to enhance rather than replace. But there are so many things that don't have to be that direction. There are so many ways to... And we see it all the time, actually. You know, Brad, it's like some of the guys there doing some of the interesting and miniature stuff where they made up their own ways of expanding mm-hmm. on it or or creating larger, more grand, you know, epic-feeling approaches. And nobody's interested because <laughs> it's such a niche thing and, and yeah, nobody knows yeah. what it is that they're looking at. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I just think the, the passion that comes into that is so um, heartening. But... We need to see execution that actually ga- grabs attention. You know, innovation is actually useless in a vacuum. True. So, you know, I, I, that's that's really, and I think uh, the conventions are still the best space for that, right? Because you have this ability to utilize the resources at your disposal, space, lots of people, um, marketing uh, at, at some level, you know what I mean? You know, visibility, you have all these things that you can use to try and create an experience that's unique to that space to that it's, to that idiom it's like crowdsourcing your expand. guess and check you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh i think there's a lot of room for that still but you know we're just gonna have to see what we come up with in the next few years i think there has to be a way to make things uh, relevant and keep them that way and uh i don't want to fight off the uh, digital revolution because you know, i mean i i rely on it and i right. want to be able to have that opportunity in my world to continue to explore it of course I'm, as far as the things that Wizard is, Wizards is doing, we'll have to see whether or not that's even... <laughs> you say, well, it turns out it costs $150 a month. I'm not doing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's always a problem. You know, it's like just like the re- same reason I don't use Fantasy Grounds. I love it. It's, it's amazing looking from the outside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you buy a package, it's really nice because all the resources are already drawn together and everything kind of flows, but... Yeah, it's only a matter of time, though, to where it's like it's only a subscription fee of two dollars and thirty five cents a day. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Right. You got to make it digestible, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's less. You only charge me on days that I use it. That'd be possible. But beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Now, utilization is not a it's not an acceptable uh, standard by which to uh, monetize your subscriptions. Can you imagine if I only had to pay for a book when I when I actually read it? 
Yeah, just have all the books piling up, and then I never have to pay for them because I'm not reading them. It's fine. <laughs> well, Brad, I, I again, I appreciate you joining us today, talking about it a little bit. It's been great. Um, had a good time, and I just wanted to have you on the show to kind of uh, reminisce about last weekend. I realize it hasn't been that long. But uh, a lot's happened since then because you know that's all fuzzy already. It's just it's it's been like six months since since, <laughs> since last weekend, right? Since last weekend, yeah. And I mean, it's funny because it's like you have to put to to be able to indulge in something like that. And I mean, not even for you know somebody like me who has to travel a full day each direction, but to be able to indulge in something like that, you have to put so much of your life on hold. Hmm. You know, so that's all waiting for you when you come back. That's the other thing, right? It's like I get back and suddenly I've got projects. That, and I got, like, as I was telling you guys before, I got schoolwork I haven't done from last weekend. And I had to sit there. Tell my student, I was, I was, I was out of town. I was, please give me an extension. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's going to be my Sunday today that I'm recording. This is going to be schoolwork all freaking day. Um, try to that. find time in there to wrap some Christmas presents. But I, you know, I've had a I've had a really good time, and um, we look forward to doing it again. We absolutely look forward to coming back right. next year. So find Beautiful. out when your dates are, so I can schedule fucking tsunami con. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we will. <laughs> the last time I was, I was hearing from your people, it's like, well, it may have to move into October, and I'm like, no. <laughs> well, good news, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, awesome! I still have that two the, weeks the in October. The venue to is completely out. sold out in October, uh, so that oh, was, that's always a problem. Yeah. Uh, that was so okay that's not happening so uh, <laughs> uh well, i'll keep you updated i want to thank assam tease for having their friendly neighborhood freegan along that was very oh, you you oh, were amazing nice amazing you. help we yeah you know, there's jonica misses you well johnny misses you all the time but jonica missed you the moment you were gone you know so um we were, we we're like we need to drag jesse to everything we do and I'm like <laughs> we're, we're talking about a lot of little events that are stone slow from our house I love yeah, the idea, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't live close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was amazing having uh, Jesse and Vanessa up with us for the weekend and uh, getting to hang out. And Vanessa, uh, Rich, you got to make it next year. Vanessa got to see morning me. I, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I it's not it. that scary. It's not I that scary. I hate morning so much. There, there is that kind of there is that kind of stumbly grumbly kind of jest that you know is is kind of entertaining. You're still as long a lot you nicer the in the morning than my husband is. So when, you're once fine. you get the mask on, you get to quit make, quit making fear checks, and it makes it a little easier. So yeah. <laughs> Sanity <laughs> checks, Rich. Sanity checks. <laughs> <laughs> that that one, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Let you get on with your day, and uh, look forward Wait. to uh, talk with everybody later. Yeah. Are you telling uh, me nobody sent in any mail? Nobody sent in any mail. Gosh dang it, people! <laughs> yeah, feedback at prismaticsunami.com is the best way to reach us, and Jesse will be happy to read your email on the I air. Want to read your story, unless you are really abusive, and then she'll only read parts of your email on the air. <laughs> And don't Place be every other word with unicorn. That's the rule. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> if there's anything you would like to uh, add to the conversation, please feel, drop, feel free to drop us a line. Feedback at prismaticsunami.com, or you can drop by our Discord server. Uh, you find all the links um, in the show notes and stuff. And uh, you know, let us know what's going on in your gaming world because uh, that's the only way we know. Because we don't game with you often enough. A couple times a year, two, three, four times a year. Depends on whether or not you do the virtual thing. Lazy ass. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to episode number 285. I remembered of uh, Metagamers Anonymous. Uh, everybody have a great week. My name is Eric. I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. I'm still Jess. I'm still Brad. Thanks. Good night. Good night.